Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of Panel Riot. I'm very glad that you're joining us this week. Uh, this week we're talking to well we're talking to a whole bunch of people we got uh, we got Zeke we got Ellen and we've got Meredith we also have Victor and uh, that in the background too so um, what are we going to talk about well we're going to talk about web comics and and other kinds of comics and being an artist and you know just whatever comes up whatever comes up just your classic roundtable discussion but before we can get into any of that intern Stan theme song please. Thank you very much for that, Stan. I really, I really appreciate it, Stan. You know what? I, I, I just want to take a minute here and, and and commend you for the good work that you're doing here on the show. I know things get a little rocky sometimes, and uh, but you know what? I went back and listened to the few of the early episodes. You know, uh, remember that interview show that we did? Yeah, you remember? You couldn't turn your microphone on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watson was there too. Yeah, we interviewed him as well. Yeah. Um, but just, just, you know what, Stan, you're doing, you're doing bang up, you're doing a bang up job. I don't know what that means, but you're doing it. So thanks. Thanks for sticking around. And he's asleep. Folks, uh, we're talking, we're talking this week, just a little round table discussion, just me and some friends, um, you know, Patreon supporters all. And, uh, you know, we talk, we get, we get into it. We get into all kinds of stuff. We talk a lot about web comics. There's a lot of recommendations. So get a pen. And, um, you know, we talk about uh, traditional paper comics, and by paper comics, I mean newspaper comics. Yeah, we get we get a lot out of that subject, um, oddly enough. And, uh, and you know, we, t- we talk about uh, what it is to be an artist and, uh, you know, releasing your art to the public. That's in the third segment. So um, before any further ado, Will, uh, I'm going to throw it to you. Thanks, Will. That was just a great introduction. You are so good at those. Um, all right, folks. Uh, well, like I said, or other me said, uh, we're here, and we've just got a bunch of people here, um, and we're going to have a conversation. So let's do a quick sound off, round the table, round the horde, starting with my left friend of the show, Meredith has arrived. Hi. Hi, Mer. Hi. How's it going? It's going. Excellent. Yes. You're making cookies. I am making cookies. Yeah, they're right there. They're right there. They smell and taste delicious. They are M&M cookies with tiny M&Ms. Oh, shit. And when they're tiny, they're tastier. Yes. That's scientifically proven. Yes. Yes. Next to Mare, to her left, is double friend of the show, Zeke. Hello. Zeke's back. I am back. Hi, Zeke. Hello. What are you doing? 
I am actually drawing a comic as we speak mm-hmm. that I will post at empathydrive.com. That's right. And get used to hearing that because I'm going to post that commercial also on this episode. Next to Zeke, next to me. I paid so much for that commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Zeke's left, my right. It's Elbow. Welcome back to the show, Ellen. Thank you, Will. How's it going? Pretty good. What's up? Not much. Not Reading much. comics, making art, doing my thing. Excellent. Are you doing both of those right now? Uh, no. I was. <laughs> in the recent, Moments ago. In the recent past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. And of course I'm here, uh, your intrepid host, Will, of the podcast. So, guys, let's talk about comics. Just, just kind of in general comics. Um, Zeke, you're working on a webcomic right now. Uh, let's start with webcomics. I was commenting on how webcomics are evolving, how the format has changed, um, how there's different platforms to find them on, like Tapas, instead of having to go to, I remember going to a lot that were on, uh, oh, geez, I can't, like Angel Fire used Angel to host webcomics. Angel Fire, GSAs. GSAs yeah. um, Comic Genesis. Oh, oh I yeah. Keen Spot. Keen Yeah. And now you can follow and like the comics instead of doing things like, do you remember how they used to have comics top 100s and you would vote for them on their website? Oh, they still have those. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> do you remember, let's just take a trip down memory lane about the comics we used to read. Um, did you guys read Real Life oh, God. by Greg Dean? Man. I did not. I did. You didn't? Yeah. I'm super curious if that's still going. I have the internet. It can't be. You would be surprised. I would be surprised. <laughs> totally. If that is still going. Old web comics. Let's see. The last comic was posted. Oh, wait, yeah. April I do 3rd, remember. 2015. Yeah. 2015? Much longer than you expected. Yes. Like, yeah, I do absolutely. remember that now. Yes. Was that high school? That, that was high school. That was high school and college. I used to read that in college, too. My first webcomic was Exploitation Now by Michael Poe. I remember <laughs> that one! And that, I think, was one of the first talking points that Zeke and I had was, oh my goodness, we read the same webcomic. <laughs> As an update to that one, he has finished three whole series after Exploitation <laughs> Now was over. Yeah, the last... Um, Wow. The last episode of Real Life is about the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, and the <laughs> art is still the same. He <laughs> never changed that art. Do you remember VG Cats? Oh, yes. yeah, I remember VG Cats. I loved VG Cats. They updated Cats. super, like, sporadically. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mac Hall. Mac Hall. Oh, we read that a lot. A lot. And then didn't they do another, like, that same creative team did a, did a comic as well? Yes, I don't remember what it was called, though. Neither do I. Yeah, Three Panel Soul. That's Which it. Which is also still going strong. Is it really? VG Cats is still around, and they posted in January. What? Wow. Holy crap. Good for you guys out right? there, creators <laughs> of webcomics, who are definitely listening to this. <laughs> let's, uh, let's take it back a notch to, uh, to what we were discussing about uh, the, the new waves, new styles, new, new ways to post on the internet. And because you mentioned Tapastic, new ways for companies to completely exploit artists. <laughs> Go on. As Empathy Drive is currently banned from <laughs> That's right. So in the dawn of posting everything to social media like sites and uh, conglomerating uh, artists by the hundreds, 
all for uh, so we've we've seen a number of things where it used to be artists had to really push and prime and beg and merchandise and things like that to make a living off of their uh, independent arts. Mm -hmm. uh, and now we have companies that do that for us for a 30% cut. <laughs> Generally, whether it's your, your hosting, um, like at a Topastic, uh, where they feature ads for you and then give you a little dribble, or it's um, little dribble. Patreons uh, taking their nice cut out of your donations, which you used to just ask for, but now you can ask for on a big website. Speaking, speaking of Patreons, real quick, thank you to everybody in the room <laughs> for supporting this very podcast. Support this and podcast and you can be on it. Exactly. <laughs> so, That's mean, a true fact, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you give them you know, full publishing rights. You get a sliver of whatever's coming down, maybe after you hit a certain level, which is kind of hard to get. And in return, they can change their terms of service on you overnight. And well, all your stuff. And that's almost any service you use nowadays, too. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Which is one lovely way that uh, comics have evolved. <laughs> it's easier to get t-shirts made, though. Yeah. There's yeah. more services for that. Yes. <laughs> Ellen, you mentioned the format has changed. How do you yeah. feel that the format has changed? Well, originally, for a webcomic, you would have typically the four-panel strip-type comic or the, the window setup. Um, two panels on top, two panels on bottom, about the same size. Sometimes you'll find webcomics that will post in a comic book layout where you'll get a full comic book page. And there are some fantastic ones out there. Um, I'm reading one right now called Mokipon that does it. It's a Pokemon parody website, and it's fantastic. But a lot of the comics that used to be the strip comic layout have now switched their design to become a more mobile-friendly mm -hmm. layout. So you have a lot of comics that are longer. They're longer um, vertically than horizontally. Um, meant to be seen like one panel at a time yeah. rather than right. as a yeah. full page yeah. yeah. and somebody who did that earlier um, Trudy Cooper did a webcomic called Platinum Grit which yeah. was um, I think a flash based it was comic flash. and you would just literally look at it panel by panel and then you know sit with your finger on the arrow keys and you know <laughs> tab through um uh, Trudy Cooper has since moved on to the very not safe for work comic Ogloff. Um, oh, yeah. Wonderful comic. One of but, the best yes, comics. Yes, <laughs> but very not safe for work. Um, but definitely just to see what it looks like, take a look at Platinum Grit. Uh, mm -hmm. Just to see what one of the unique forms of comic uh, publishing, self publishing, was out there at you know the time, whenever mm -hmm. that was, many years ago, because we're old. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, webcomics went from still image to then flash image, where you could do things like have one panel, and as you click, characters would move through it, mm -hmm. to now, as our friend Zach is painfully aware, <laughs> you can animate panels in comics when you post them online. And it gives it a great dynamic. Um, it really... <laughs> Zach's muttering hate under his breath over there, because it is a lot more work, I would assume. Uh, it's like drawing a comic ten times. <laughs> <laughs> but it 
it's a very unique way to focus the reader, especially on key elements. It's and you can hide all kinds of like gags and stuff in it too, which is true. nice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Awkward that's, pause. That's, that's me. I'm the host. I should, should keep it going. Uh-huh. It's fine. I also edit it. So yeah. There you well, go. what you guys can see is that he is currently on his laptop reading comics while he should be hosting. I brought, brought up EmpathyDrive.com. <laughs> it's very good. He's got to do his research. Looking at the animations. I'm looking at pole dancing dudes on my computer while we're talking so yeah. you know this is a very family friendly it, totally yeah <laughs> now I'm looking at pole dancing all right he's piqued my interest yeah look at this guy <laughs> oh buddy <laughs> he's trying anyway so do you think these format changes have come about just because people are looking for something new to do with their art or do you think it's a response to you know, technology moves along and it's a new way that people can get readers. By all means, I think, uh, I think myself, uh, it's a combination of um, most comics, uh, as we're talking to comic artists and trying to figure out, you know, hey, should we be developing for mobile? Uh, we found after a, a big survey of about uh, 200 different web comic artists that almost half of all their traffic is coming from mobile sites. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Making it easier for people to read your stuff on the go makes it easier for people to read your stuff. I mean, it used to be you could, you know, watch, read, you know, whatever you want on the internet at work. Uh, but uh, workplaces have gotten, one, more savvy with their internet and protections and things like that. Mm-hmm. But two, more lenient with you having a computer that you can just do that anyways. Right. Just carry around with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. I think the mobile format has also made it easier for webcomic artists to be a little bit more flexible in what they post and how they post it. Mm -hmm. For instance, a lot of the slice of life comics that I follow or the sort of these are funny antics from my everyday experiences, not mine personally, but from the author of the comics, Mm -hmm. can do things like they can post a single image of them doing something funny or they can post a 20-panel comic or they can post Q&A comics, and they don't have to follow a format. They don't have the same dimensions on their website that they have mm-hmm. to put in because you have a scrolling medium now mm-hmm. with, with mobile devices. Right. Always vertical, never horizontal. People hate horizontal scrolling. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's unnatural. It is. You're so used yeah. to already doing the up and down scrolling. Mm-hmm. Um, two comics that I thought of when you mentioned that was... Um, one is called Chaos Life that I really enjoy. Um, it's a slice of life comic, and they talk about their pets and stuff, and they play with the format a little bit. But then I was reminded about XKCD mm-hmm. and the insane things that he does with I'm his comic. Oh, the infinite canvas and everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's incredible. You should go read XKCD. Oh, that's you, one of the uh, best web comics ever. I'm pretty sure you're probably familiar with XKCD, even though you don't realize. I guarantee you've seen somebody share it on yeah. Facebook yeah. or something. It's a lot the of the same figure guy with, who does map all the yeah. time. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, yeah. And I've gotcha. Like read through it and be amazed, and then go back and read through it again once you realize that <laughs> every image has rollover text. Yeah, it's got all text to it. Yep. That's one of my favorite aspects of webcomics is finding... Like little Easter eggs. The Easter eggs. Finding Mm -hmm. the the artist or the author's uh, mental quips in the rollover text. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so what do you think, what do you think is going to be like the next step for web comics? Because we've gone into animation, we've gone into mobile, they've also gone backwards into print. Mm-hmm. You know, you can buy Penny Arcade's comics as books, XKCD's published books, you know, so is um, Kate Beaton, yeah. who oh, does um, my favorite. Park of Vagrant. Yeah. I see Step aside, it. pops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I, personally, I'm seeing um, a lot of people who are putting their, their art um, independently on the internet are getting scooped up by the major companies. Marvel, DC, Image, they're all picking up um, webcomic artists uh, to, to do their own thing to get to get whether printed, like uh, Giant Days of the uh, Giant Boombox. Boombox has Boombox. scooped up a lot of webcomic. Um, and not even with comic work. Uh, Nickelodeon actually hires a whole bunch of webcomic artists to do really? storyboarding for them. And so it, it's... It might be looking at moving away from the realm of what you're doing being profitable and it being the way that you push yourself out there and uh, get your name out of, <laughs> like the LinkedIn of the world, <laughs> like other things, because it is, it's becoming easier to make a smaller amount of money. Mm-hmm. Gone are the days of touting your portfolio to the Comic-Con mm-hmm. and pray that the one editor there will take a look at it and like it. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And it is mind-boggling, the the followers that some of these webcomics can have. For instance, um, I pulled up my tapas here to look at some of my favorites. And The Gamer Cat by Samantha Witten has over 33 million views. Mm-hmm. And she has over 101,000 followers. That's incredible. Yeah. And what, 230 comics? Or 230, 230 um, pages. pages? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also amazing, like, it's a lot like podcasting in a lot of ways because it's, you know, there's no real barrier to entry. You just find a place to host your stuff and then you make it and then you put it up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's so many webcomics out there and so much talent that, you know, it's it's hard to get noticed. So how do you get noticed? How do you guys find the comics that you find? Word of mouth, mostly. Yeah. Mm talking to people and they say have you read this thing um this comic or that comic or um following other comic artists on twitter and if they're self-promoting or you know they're cross-promoting other artists like hey i read this comic i like this comic Mm -hmm. um and if i like that comic artist's stuff i you know then i check it out because i'm like well maybe our sense of humor is the same or our interests are the same sometimes that's the case sometimes not um but I think it's a lot of... Twitter is a big promoter for me and what I find. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it used to be word of mouth where you just tumbled across it somewhere, you know, on the depths of the internet. But um, now, with things being so socially driven, it's a matter of who you know, but also, you know, just... And I mean, I think that's a struggle, too. It, it's hard to get noticed when there are also how many other people doing it. Um, and and yeah. so you have lots of, you know, hidden gems of things that nobody else has really heard of mm-hmm. or very few people have heard of. Um, and so it's, you know, it's it's got to be a struggle both ways, but generally Twitter is how I find my stuff. Cool. So um, I know a lot of people like to band together 
uh, with lots of different artists sharing, viewers sharing, banners sharing, links, co-op. I know Empathy Drive, name drop, has uh, <laughs> recently joined the, the collective called Spider Force, and it's a collection of about 70 different webcomics that you have to interview for, uh, pass a portfolio, all the artists have to agree, hey, you're coming in uh, as a mark of quality, and then you know once you pass that kind of barrier, uh, then you have basically access to each other's readership and it kind of helps uh, go through and helps cross promote sure um similar thing to like your your bigger corporate sites that just uh kind of might give you a chance of going on their main page every day um to get readers that way um without having to pay a tithe right yeah (laughs) (laughs) networking is always key in any artistic industry and that can be included in just finding another person who does a webcomic who likes your stuff and you like theirs and you put a banner for the other person's site on your site. That's how I initially started finding them. Just like Mary said, if I like an artist's work and I like the humor of their comic and I like the content, that means they have good taste and I'm probably going to enjoy the things that they like as well. So it's it's clicking through the internet. It's falling down the rabbit hole. It's it's looking up the creator of the comic and looking, what, looking at what comics they follow. Um, but those top 100 sites and just clicking the what's popular button on a webcomic forum will give you a ton of good stuff. There's a reason a lot of these things are popular. Mm-hmm. And that's how I find a lot of my stuff. Cool. Okay, one last thing I want to do before we go to break. Um, <clears throat> so I think uh, uh, you guys have made a lot of good points as far as how to find new web comics. So I'd like to go around the horn and everybody recommend a webcomic. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, just uh, just one that um, that people might not have heard of that isn't like massively popular mm-hmm. and is not Empathy Drive because we've already at recommended that at EmpathyDrive.com, <laughs> and then the commercial break is also going to be for that. So, um, so I'll start. So I uh, I love this webcomic called Extraordinary. Um, it's by uh, a girl named Lee. I don't actually know her last name, but it's a it's a four panel comic, always black and white pencil. Um, with the occasional, like, just beautifully rendered uh, paint or color pencil or digital. And it's 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 really just adorable. It's an adorable little comic. And it's at exocomics, exocomics.com. And it's, um, it's, just, it's just adorable. And she just posted episode issue number 463. Like, she's been at it for a while. And it's a, it's a very, very good webcomic. It's adorable. So go and check that out. It's about her and her husband and their cat. Which is adorable, and uh, that's the keyword for that comic. So, <laughs> all right, uh, from my recommendation, I'm going to go with Octopus Pie by the amazing Meredith Graham. Not the Meredith next to me, uh, but she is also amazing. Uh, so, the reason to come onto this comic is number one, technical master at both storytelling and art, and especially storytelling with art. It does a lot of crazy, cool things with panel layout, and the coloring is amazing. But the biggest reason to jump on is you have this rare opportunity where she's approaching about a thousand pages, so you can read for like four days, but it's ending soon, and it's ending on a huge, beautiful, amazing note. Now, this is a comic artist that 10 years ago started this thing, and 10 years ago, she was a master, and all she did over 10 years was get better and better and better, and you can actually watch the progress of somebody talented turn into somebody amazing. (laughs) OctopusPie.com. 
That's true. It um, they're on episode nine hundred and ninety-eight right now. I think they yeah a couple of pages to go. Yeah, Ellen. I would have to say Gunner Craig Court is my absolute favorite webcomic right now. It's by an artist named Tom Sedell, and it has the perfect amount of dry wit to it. It's fantastic. Um, The really great thing, just like Zach was talking about with Octopus Pie, is that you watch this artist progress from the beginning to current day. Uh, it's still running. I have no idea when it's ever going to end, and I hope it never does because it's fantastic, but it is on Chapter 62. Um, And it's got this cast of characters that will absolutely astound you as the story progresses. It seems a little scattered at first. You're not exactly sure who belongs where or what's going on, but as you get further and further into it, things come full circle. Things start to tie back in. You realize in Chapter 40 that one tiny detail that you didn't even notice in chapter three was a big deal and all of a sudden it all clicks i love stuff like that (laughs) it's fantastic and it is one of the best reads on the internet hands down very cool that one is definitely on my list that's gunner craig k-r-i-g-g.com yep all right mary okay so I am not as caught up on webcomics. I have a tendency to go through a phase where I read webcomics and then I kind of just drop off and don't read any for a while. Um, But the ones that I remember reading and enjoying, um, The Meek at meekcomic.com was one that I really enjoyed by Dershing Helmer. Uh, Again, not caught up. Art is fantastic. Very pretty. Interesting story. Haven't really, you know, kept up with it, but I would say definitely worth a read. Um, and I believe that uh, Dershing just published the first like paperback volume of that. Um, one of the only ones I read on the regular now is one called Love Not Found at lovenotfound.com. Uh, very romance, angsty drama sort of comic um and i've been following this artist for a while and i apologize because i don't remember her name um but definitely worth a read if you're into like pg-13 drama romance sure um gina biggs gina biggs thank you i knew it was gina something (laughs) um so those two are the ones that i would highly recommend fantastic well, folks, if you want to uh, check any of those out and don't feel like transcribing the URLs, head on over to panelriot.com, and uh, those links will be up there with uh, with the post that this show is contained within. And uh, with that, we'll be right back. Quick commercial break. Uh, with We'll be back with more Panel Riot. Guess what the commercial is for? I bet you can. Listen, let's have a conversation, you and I, about space. Space is uh, terrifying, uh, and it's also you know, really interesting. You know, there's some, there's some fun stuff out there. Um, specifically, The Empathy Drive. Uh, the Empathy Drive is a webcomic by, uh, by Zeke, um, you know, uh, artist, creator, owner of uh, Soul Sworn, which you know and love, and, uh, and he's back with a brand new creation, new sci-fi creation. And um, so the general idea is that uh, humans have gone out into space, and they're colonizing, and they have um, 
invented this new, basically, miracle technology that lets them talk to stars and, um, you know, uh, speed up evolution and all of this stuff. And it's, it's, it's the opposite of the Prime Directive. You know what I mean? The Prime Directive is do not interfere with, um, with the natural progression of races um, and cultures and all that. And this is the opposite. Just humans went out and meddled with every single thing they could find, right? And, um, and they go deeper and deeper into space, and then they find something they don't like. And they can't handle it. So they leave. Immediately. Retreat completely back to Earth, um, leaving just chaos in their wake. All these, all these uh, civilizations that weren't supposed to be civilizations for, for years and years and years. Um, and, and, and this is the story of what happens after that, after the withdrawal, after they all return to Earth, throw up the shields, and totally isolate themselves. And it's funny, and the art is fantastic, and there are animations which just enhance an already fantastic comic. So go and check it out at your earliest convenience, uh, empathydrive.com. And uh, and enjoy. Just just have a good old time. Read through the archives, and uh, and subscribe for new episodes. Enjoy. And we're back. Did you guess what the commercial was? I bet you did. Well done. Uh, we've got a bunch of people here. Mayor. Hi. What's up? Victor is definitely here. <laughs> Stormy is a much, much more pleasant panel riot guest. Because she just clacks on the floor. And Ellen's here. I'm here. <laughs> of course, Stan and Jack are here, too. Mm-hmm. Thad's over there. Um, you know, we're all hanging out. We're all having a good time. And uh, we're talking about comics. And, uh, you know, we started talking about web comics. And, you know, I kind of like where this is going. So let's continue to talk about, you know, kind of alternative comics. Um, I want to talk about comics in the newspaper. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Because we all read them. Mm -hmm. We're all of that age where when we were young, we would read, quote, the funnies. Yeah. Do you remember the funnies? segment over. (laughs) Foxtrot. We all like comics. No one read Foxtrot. Everyone read Foxtrot. Not a single person read Foxtrot. Was that the one with the owl... Who was like weirdly political? No. no. What was that? Non, non- Jason Page, his mom and dad, the older brother that oh. I can't remember the name of. Oh, you're thinking of Family Circus. No, that's not. <laughs> Nobody's ever thinking about Family Circus <laughs> except for me all the time. Oh, do you remember when the dog died in Family Circus? That was one of the no, saddest comic moments of my I life. No, I don't. <laughs> I never had a dog. Okay. Wait, no, I'm thinking of for better or for worse. Right. Full disclaimer, I have never in my life paid for a newspaper. <laughs> Fair. But your parents did. But your parents did, and you read the funnies, right? Yeah. You read yeah. Garfield yeah. and Marmaduke. And... Not Marmaduke. We, My paper was cheap. We didn't get the, like, bee stringers. The Spider-Man soap opera comic? Spider-Man no. soap opera comic, yeah. Rex Morgan, MD. <laughs> Although yes. Spider-Man soap opera comic, great cameo in Spider-Verse. Oh, definitely. That was great. <laughs> uh, Prince Valiant. Oh, nothing God. makes me clench my teeth like Prince Valiant. That one, truly, no one rent. 
no one ever read. That's because people might have read it when it came out like 17 artists ago who lived their entire lifespan blandly drawing Prince Valiant and then giving it to their son as like the only way they could be in the will. I'm doing I'm doing some research. It launched February 13th, 1937. Wow. 1937. <laughs> uh, created by Hal Foster and then a bunch of other people because... So you're saying it would take longer to read about the adventures of Prince Valiant than how long Prince Valiant was alive. Mm-hmm. That's correct. <laughs> uh, more than 4,000 Sunday strips. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if there's a Prince Valiant book. That, I'm sure That's there a is. really strange... Th- oh, there are 14 of them. <laughs> <laughs> there's a film and TV adaptation? Oh, absolutely. I think that a film adaptation of The Phantom... Now, the, the weird thing about Prince Valiant is it's it's reoccurring. It's not, like, episodic. Like, it, it just keeps going on the same continuous story for 4,000 Sunday pages. Mm-hmm. No one has ever read two in a row. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, every time you pick up a paper, maybe once, twice, three times a month, you n- have no idea. It's always just a three-panel slice of some story mm-hmm. that you have no context of what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of surprisingly good art, though. Like, especially for the... Like, it's it's that, you know, old-school Marvel comic art, mm-hmm. but it's always that art. Mm-hmm. It was never not that art. Yeah. Really strange. Apparently there was an album, uh, The Legend of Prince Valiant, the 1991 animated TV series. We're well, missing something here. I've got to find yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Phonograph Records, Marvel Comics, Marvel Comics published a four-part miniseries. Uh, there's, <laughs> okay, all right. So we're having a lot of fun here, but Zeke, you have to do this for us. There is a Prince Valiant, the storytelling game, role-playing game. Nope. You have to run <laughs> a Prince Valiant role-playing game. And we record it. Exactly. And put it on <gasps> Patreon and bonus that's... content. Yep. Can I be Prince Valiant? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think it was... we'd all be Prince Valiant. Everybody's Prince Valiant. Yeah. Yeah. Which one's Prince Valiant? The one with know. the really ugly bowl cut? Yeah, the bowl oh, cut. That's oh, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> In 1999, Pyramid Magazine <laughs> Pyramid Magazine named the Prince Valiant role-playing game as one of, quote, the Millennium's most underrated games. The Millenniums. The Millenniums. <laughs> underrated. Uh-huh. All Prince right. Valiant was designed as a beginner's introduction to role-playing. Perhaps the subject matter's perceived lack of cool killed the game. Yeah. deserve better. <laughs> we, got, we, we got to play it. Okay, we now, gotta find it just for first, some perspective, you said this came out in 1981? Yes. At that point, in 1981, before the majority of your podcast listeners were born, that comic was 45 years old. <laughs> And already nobody was reading it in 1981, <laughs> and they decided to merchandise an entire. Oh my, yeah, the, yeah. I wonder why you didn't game didn't freaking jump off the ground there. I'm gonna buy it. It's on eBay for thirty five dollars. We're doing looking it. Looking at that right it's now, it's going down. Oh, there's a maiden. It's <laughs> a lot of dollars. She's wearing all pink and she has long flowing golden hair. Do you know how much candy thirty five dollars could buy you? <laughs> we a just prince. have a whole podcast of us eating candy. There's a Prince Valiant. <laughs> crossbow pistol game oh my goodness because if there's one thing that podcast listeners want it's to listen to people chewing 
chewy things. <laughs> it's some caramels. There's a Nintendo game, 1993. Oh, the Nintendo game? Nintendo. Wow. Yeah. Prince Valiant DS. I know, Victor. We agree. <laughs> anyway, so let's pull ourselves out of this Prince Valiant rabbit hole that we've gone down. <laughs> let's talk about some of the some of the uh, you know newspaper comics that were actually good. Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, one of the far side. best. The far, far side. side. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Do you like Foxtrot? I did love Foxtrot. What is it? <laughs> it follows a family of five and the little kid's antics and his sister being a typical Family teenager. circus. You're no, family it's circus. not family circus. It's Foxtrot. Dennis the Menace. Oh, yeah. That Dennis was the not Menace. a family of five. Oh. High and Lois? High and Lois. No, um... Dilbert, obviously, I'm thinking of Dilbert. No one is ever thinking of Dilbert, <laughs> except for Scott Adams, that weird men's right act, rights activist. <laughs> Screw you. What? <laughs> Scott Adams. <laughs> no one liked Dilbert. You know who probably likes Dilbert? Cyclops. Cyclops. Cyclops like Dilbert. That's what? your legacy. What was the comic with the lady with the... Rawy, scraggly hair that always went, ah! Oh, Kathy. Kathy! Kathy! Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that's Every what she said. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Every office building in America has at least one lady that hangs Kathy comics in yes. her queue. Because she's so relatable! <laughs> no. I'm, you know what? When I go into work tomorrow, I'm hanging up Kathy comics. Don't even care. <laughs> Keeping the hope alive. When I go into work tomorrow, I'm going to find that cube and burn that It is out. really <laughs> hard because everybody has fond memories of, like, these these newspaper comics, but it is impossible to have a positive conversation about them. Oh, definitely, yeah. like no, there is Hobbes. so much. Calvin, oh, well, Calvin, exactly, yeah, exactly. But you can't talk about Calvin and Hobbes without being like, oh, high and Lois, high and Lois, <laughs> yeah, or for better or worse. They're or, so they're so married to this like ancient art of it was hand me down ninety year old strange ass comics. Miserable, yeah, <laughs> Dagwood. Um, Dagwood. Oh, Dagwood was alright. And the, the thing is, all of them, at some point, at some 20-year slice of their life, you could slice 20 years on any of these comics and be like, this is brilliant! Mm-hmm. This is wonderful! And they're all 95 years old. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, let's let's pick a random one like Dagwood. I think the... the, in the well, I don't even the, think it was called Dagwood. It started in the 20s, and it was actually about Blondie. It's Blondie, not Dagwood. It was actually about her. Right, yeah. And apparently it was pretty good back then, good enough to syndicate... <laughs> and then they got lazy and they started making about the husband oh. that she married where she used to be like a 20 socialist. She married a slob husband and her parents disowned her and she's not rich anymore. And then all of a sudden, after like this grand story arc, the entire comic's about her lazy husband liking sandwiches mm-hmm. for 75 years. That's the thing that everybody remembers. <laughs> 1930, September 8th, 1930 is the Blondie comic. That's how long that's been around. Are they still doing new ones? Yes. Do you remember when Garfield was just completely surreal? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just when he was wonderful. a total jerk. They used yeah. to draw him all crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was he wonderful. He had... things for no reason. Uh-huh. Just like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> I had all those books. All those, like, long... Because they were Garfield the strip. strip size. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I had bunches of those. I remember Beetle Bailey. Beetle Bailey, yeah. yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know how why we have fond memories of Calvin and Hobbes. You know what he did? Stopped. <laughs> he did stop. Yeah. Same with the Far Side. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah totally. Hey, Fox peanuts Shop stopped. Mm-hmm. Peanuts yeah. was good. Yeah, yeah. loved it's peanuts. True. Yeah, peanuts was 
fantastic. I was being a peanut. Oh, since 22 BC. That was, I remember that. I remember that he too, got yeah. real crazy and super conservative. Oh, did he? A lot yeah. of them do that, don't they? Like, but like worse than Dilbert level. That's why you don't see it around much anymore. Let's see what other. Oh Had... man, Dick Tracy used to be in the papers. Okay. That's true. Yeah, it used to be. Uh, it used to be Dick Tracy, and it was. It wasn't quite as. Dramatic as Rex Morgan, MD. Ugh. <laughs> it just causes no, no, pain the, the every problem time we Rex say Mor- it. Morgan, MD is like it's the Prince Valiant problem, where you've never read two in a row. But it's yeah. even worse because each individual comic is literally a third of a sentence. It's like, <laughs> oh hi, honey, did you go to the comic over? Wait a week. Uh-huh. <laughs> that one is uh, launched in 1948, and it's still. <laughs> it's still going. <laughs> Hagar the Horrible. Uh, yeah, Hagar's like alright. Mm-hmm. The Boondocks. Boondocks. Mm-hmm. Boondocks is a more recent one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When did that start? 96. Are you just guessing or are you saying? No. 96 to 2006. Oh. And of course, they made that into that excellent TV series on Adult Swim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. That's good stuff. Um, there's, a, there's a comic now called oh what is it called uh it's the far side replacement yeah oh zits? it's the one that's no, not that's quite as good as far side yeah it has those conehead looking guys <laughs> don't be racist i'm sorry <laughs> you can edit that part out right right yeah, yeah, yeah like we always do when we interview alan <laughs> <laughs> I cannot non sequitur. Yeah, okay, yeah. Non-sequitur, yeah. yeah. Non-sequitur, and it's always Still got the alien and the eyeball. Not even close, no. But on the flip side, <clears throat> this, it started in 1992, right? And it makes me wonder if it had come out around the same time that Farside started. Then it wouldn't have been picked up because they didn't want things that are too similar when you have to pay artists for this much space on page. That's true. Unless the things are precocious child <laughs> doing amazing and cute things. Right. Well, you can never have enough of that. You can never have enough of that. Um, what's the one that was around for a long time where the where the characters actually aged? Gasoline Alley, was that it? Um, yeah, maybe. I do believe that that was a I mean, comic. for better or for worse, they aged as well. Yeah. that that's. I think that's the one you're thinking of, is for better or for worse. Because, like, the original characters died of a stroke, and there was, like, ten years where it was just stroke grandpa making her noises. That was a weird time. That's <laughs> horrible. Yeah. I didn't write it. That's what, see, that's what happens when you give these long uh, contracts and free creative control, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why they didn't do that with, uh, with Peanuts. It's like, Charles Schultz, we want, you know, once a month a Snoopy and Woodstock comic. Once a month, we want him kicking that football that's not there. Once a month, we want a year the doctor is real in, and then once a month of just um, Charlie Brown being sad, and that was all the peanuts. Don't forget the Red Baron. And the Red Baron, right. Yeah. That interesting fact about the Red Baron, it never actually he never actually appeared in the syndicated comic. No. It was only ever in the comic books that they released or uh, the, the like holiday specials. Yeah. It was a whole thing, but everybody thinks it's this iconic Obviously, main I part of Peanuts. <laughs> yeah. 
It's totally picking up Victor barking. It is. He's telling us all about peanuts right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to find that one. We're editing this part, right? Oh, no. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, we are. Okay. Yeah, there was one. <laughs> there was one called Gasoline Alley. I'm not completely insane. No. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're, we're all right. Yeah, we're all right. Yeah, I've been going through a list, and I don't recognize most of them. Really? Yeah. That's good. Or, like, I recognize a name, and I click mm-hmm. on it, and then I'm like, oh. <laughs> there That's some, what that one was. There were some that I recognized, but I never read. Like, Mother Grease and Grimm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to read that oh, that sometimes. dog's nose bothered me every time I saw it. Yeah, that was a weird I one. I hated that nose. <laughs> Baby Blues. I never read Baby Blues. I'd see it all the time. That really weird, speaking of just absolutely, why do you have such a soapbox comic on the, the funniest page? Doonesbury? Doonesbury, mm-hmm. yeah. Was that the one with the political owl? Perhaps. Am they I... were all, like, smoking weird bent cigarettes, and they had the exact same <laughs> yeah. eyes every oh. single panel. Nope. Yeah, I know, I know which one you're talking just about. The grandpa. I'm thinking yeah, of yeah. Bloom County. I think I am, yeah. Now I have to Google it. <laughs> What's the one the, with the penguin? The penguin That's the, the penguin. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I am thinking of Bloom County. That one was okay, that but also weird. very strange and would sometimes just go like. Sure, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Newspaper comics have a very weird tendency to either just be completely bland mm-hmm. and then suddenly, without warning, be a strange soapbox that's like so out of the realm of you know what you expect to be on this little newspaper page, mm-hmm. and like suddenly Kathy's crying about abortion or something, and you're like, oh wow, the last page you said, ah, I ate a pie, <laughs> I ate a pie. <laughs> I encourage everyone to go to um, uh, Google has an archive of, uh, of just hundreds of thousands of newspapers, and they're just microfiche scans and you can just go and read old <laughs> comics pages so I encourage everybody to go do that or you could uh, read web comics and support living artists that's also true and a better idea listen to what he said <laughs> not what I said <laughs> not that the newspaper artists are still alive mm-hmm. you just can't prove that they are I'd like to <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> I'd like to find out what your average like newspaper comic contract is like mm-hmm. because you know Marmaduke is still going. Yeah. They're still making money and just cranking out this horrible shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Family Circle still exists. They don't even let I want I meant to say this earlier. They don't even let Family cir- Family Circus Circle. Family. Circus. Family circle. Circus. Circus. On- <laughs> on the comics page anymore. It's like two pages later with the obituary. Yeah, it is. You know? <laughs> it's like, well, we still have to put this in here somewhere. That's so. actually, that's a little reassuring for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick, before we go to another break, um, I did find the two oldest uh, newspaper comics that exist. Um, Gasoline Alley was first published in 1918. Whoa, wow. Nice. That is the second oldest. The oldest is the Cats and Jammer Kids. The launch date, you ready for this? December 12th, 1897. Is it still going? (laughs) 
Uh, no. It ended... Guess what year it ended? 2015. 2006. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you were making a funny joke, but you were actually close. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Why would you end it? Like, no, no, that's one of those, you know, like... Okay, end the 50-year-old comic, but why are you ending one that has been going on... Literally from the Longer time... than, like, the oldest person's ever lived. Yeah. <laughs> like, from the time that newspapers were really becoming a thing to when they die out. Don't which... we have, like, uh, <laughs> government agencies that are made to preserve historical legacies? <laughs> like, isn't there some intern out the there who just needs to take Society? it over? <laughs> yeah. Notable features of the later strips included a more constructive relationship between the captain and the boys, who sometimes had friendly conversations oh, instead of fights. The, <laughs> the king and his people were now Polynesian rather than African. Eisman reused a lot of old gags and stories in later years. I don't know anything about this comic, and that did not help. No, not at all. Not at all, no. No. Um, so, folks, we're going to take another real quick, quick break, and uh, stick around because we'll be back with more panel right, right after this. Will, I hear you all shouting out there, Will, what am I going to do? There's all these monthly subscription boxes. There's so many of them. I'm drowning in monthly subscription boxes, and none of them have anything that I want. This one's got food. This one's got toys. This one's got apparel. This one has socks. How did I get signed up for the one that has socks? I don't want any of this crap. Well, what am I going to do? I don't know why, but I feel like you have the answers. Well, good news. I do have the answers. And the answer is Comic Bento. That's right, folks. Comic Bento, the monthly subscription service that sends you exactly what you want. Comics comics that's right graphic novels of all shapes and sizes fantastic products a full box of them each and every week and folks since you are panel riot listeners we can offer you a special offer that's right we are offering you an offer 15% off that's right folks 15% off if you go to bit.ly.com slash bento riot today sign up and your first subscription entire subscription <laughs> is 15% off finally a monthly subscription box that is exactly what you want not socks not food you can't eat it you can't wear it but you can read it folks that's right comics head on over to bit.ly slash bento riot today sign up and get 15% off And we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, we've lost someone. Ellen has left. Because she's a goober. She will be missed. She will be missed. Yeah. Goober leaving podcasts. Po- I mean, podcast leaving goober. Is that right? Isn't she a patron? She is. Thank you, Ellen. <laughs> Thank you for being a supporter and for being on the podcast. You're not a goober unless you enjoy being called a goober. Um, folks, we're talking about comics. Just, you know, whatever is a comic. And what is a comic has different definitions nowadays. And we're going to get that in a little bit. Uh, we're here with me, Will. Hi. And Mare. Hi. And Zeke. Hello. And uh, so one of the things we were talking about was um, other things that can be considered comics. Uh, for instance, video games. 
there's a uh, there's a huge trend lately for video games that tell a story, narrative driven video games. You've got ones like uh, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, and um, the Telltale games are wildly popular, and those are basically just kind of like point and click adventures. And these go all the way back to um, the LucasArts games. You've got Sam and Max, you've got the, what, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, all oh, this God, stuff. Yeah. And um, they're, they're really just kind of like point and click adventures. So, um, I don't know. What do you guys think of that? Have you played a lot of the, a lot of the narrative driven games like that? I haven't played a lot of them. Um, My son loves Minecraft Story Mode. That's true. He does love Minecraft Story Mode. I've seen a lot of Minecraft Story Mode. Um, it's pretty good. It is pretty good. Yeah. Until John you've seen it. John Hodgman is Yeah, it? you've seen it a lot, then you're kind of sick of it. Mm. But, <laughs> but no, that one, that is good. Um, I mean, if you count, like, visual novel type games, That's what I mean, then yeah. yeah oh, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, like the nonary games, nine nine nine, uh, virtues last. Forever. That one where you try and have sex with a bird. Oh, powerful boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was a thing. I think dating sims are definitely dating sims. Okay, yeah, I'm big classified. into those. Yeah, yeah. Um, I enjoy those mm-hmm. uh, definitely. Um, I played Firewatch. Uh, yes, yeah. Firewatch I played Firewatch. Was Firewatch was very good. Yeah, effectively a comic, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I a believe, beautiful one too. Yeah, I believe I played it on your Steam account. Yes, fact, that's correct. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Steam, if you're listening, she didn't mean it. No, no, no. It's it's a feature. I think it's so. built in. It's family sharing. We're family. Life is strange. Life is strange. Oh, I've yeah. heard about that one. But that I one is it. amazing. Yeah, that one is really good. And it, that one's it's, like so good, you're surprised Square did it. Yeah, Life is Strange is very good. Um, I've got that on my um, on my wish list alongside uh, Oxenfree. You could play that on Meredith's Steam account. Yes, we could. Ooh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Um, hmm. um, you've also got games like uh, The Inside, which was the follow-up to Limbo. You know, very I've simplistic games. I've heard about it, but I've also heard the details of it and don't think that I would enjoy it. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> but, into the horror games. But, right, exactly. Um, Gone Home and... Um, what about Among the Sleep? Among the Sleep, yeah. That's I another creepy didn't one. finish that one, but I did start playing through that one. Um, I had it spoiled for me, and mm-hmm. so I that's why I didn't finish it, because I found out what the ending was, and went, well, okay. Then. Right. I'm just going to throw it out there. Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to a, yeah, to a certain degree, I mean, definitely. It's, it's yeah, a comic a where you can then shoot people. And mm-hmm. it's a right. Comic so it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a mixed media, sort of. Right. So we, we agree that there needs to be a visual element, because we could go all the way back to like the original Myst, but that was all theater of the mind stuff. Yes. Yeah. And then you have dungeons and muds and things like that. Right. Yeah. Right. I uh, used to play I used to play a lot of muds actually, a lot of text based muds and mm-hmm. I remember you played a lot of the Wheel of Time Wheel mud. yeah, Watt Mud. Mm-hmm. Um that one was very enjoyable. I spent a lot of my high school years playing that. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of fun. Didn't necessarily need the graphics, but it was already you know, the the books had set up the world already. Right. So you were basically just a character in this predetermined world already. Mm-hmm. Um, there weren't a lot of sprite-based games that I would say were comics, but then it went full circle, and in, like, the late 90s, early aughts, there was a huge bloom of sprite-based comics on the internet. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> like people making like Mega Man comics out of their sprites, and because it, it it's so easy, it's just remarkably huge. What was the one that was like all Final Fantasy one sprites? Uh, a nuclear power, the theater. Yeah, that guy actually writes a very good comic. What's the name of it? Atomic Robo. Oh, okay. Yeah, wanted to check out. Interesting. He fights Dr. Dinosaur, he travels through time, it's wonderful. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I knew that he um, I knew that he did 8-Bit Theater, and that ended in like 2006, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Dr. Robo is a uh, print comic. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Um, one thing about, uh, just to go back to Firewatch real quick, it was so visually appealing. Um, you know, use of color, and it felt like going camping. You know? Yeah, it did. Um, and the artists were uh, Jane Ng and Ollie Moss. Um, and Ollie Moss is known for his, uh, you know, he does special editions of movie posters and things like okay, that. Okay, yeah. That, no, I can see that, having played through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that game. Loki has joined us. Uh, and he's just hanging out and licking his tail. Wait, right next to a go. straw wrapper. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. This is an animal-friendly podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you think that um, games will continue on in that direction? I feel like there was a little bit of um, blowback, like when um, when Everybody's Gone to the Rapture came out, uh-huh. and people were like, well, it's a visual novel, and, you know, what was the other one? It's like the, the disappearance of mm, somebody something. Uh-huh. And people were like, you're just walking through, it's not a video game. Right. Um, I mean, I think that there's definitely a place for that in, in, in the video game and comics culture. Um, mm-hmm. I think some of it depends upon how long those games are, because they tend to be a bit shorter. When people are used to clocking in, you know, 50 plus hours into a game, and then oh, yeah. you buy a game and it's six hours long... Defense, they're usually like five, ten, fifteen dollars compared That's to like true. sixty bucks. That's too. true, and That's I, true. I think you know, as long as the price point is a bit less than you know, like your standard games that are gonna clock in at a bit longer hours, and also you have to consider did you get the same enjoyment out of it as you would say have gotten out of a trade? Yeah, and you know, trades run anywhere from ten to thirty dollars on average, depending yep. upon how many volumes are in there. So, you have to kind of figure like. It's just taking a um, a trade and adding more visual effects and a, a different sort of visual to it, Definitely. as opposed to you sitting there turning the pages. Mm-hmm. You're there maybe directing the character, so you can kind of immerse yourself in the world a bit better. Yeah, it's um, a little more interactive. A little more interactive, yeah. Um, the Vanishing of Ethan Carter. That's what I was trying okay. to think of. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. It was 2014. Sounds familiar, but I never played it. Did I? Apparently, it's a Lovecraftian mystery hmm. that thrives oh, so on like ambiguity. Or... <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's shift gears just a little bit because um, both of you are artists. Mm. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> at this at this very moment, um, you know, Zeke, you're making a web comic. Mary, you're working on your sketch bets. Um, and I you prefer to call them comics on the internet. All right, you're working on your comic on the internet. My mistake. Let's be politically correct. Um, but you're both artists that make art, you know, for other people. You put it out into the public, and I want to talk a little bit about your process, um, specifically um, knowing 
in a weird way, knowing when to stop. Mm. Because anyone who's done art knows that you can work on a piece forever and just agonize over little details and, you know, have something that never gets released because it's never actually finished, yes. you know, or you just have something that is finished to a certain point and you release it. Um, so how do you, how do you make that distinction? Deadlines. <laughs> Deadlines do make a big thing, um, mm-hmm. especially in terms of like, for me, I'm, I do some commission work and it, it depends on who your commissioners are, if you know them or not. Um, people that commission me that are also friends with me, I can say, hey, you know, something came up and I, I'm not going to get this done in a timely manner, but I'm not going to make you pay for it till I start making progress on it. Sure, um, yeah. That's something I struggled with for many years, and I still struggle with to a point, because I would draw and erase, draw and erase, draw and erase. I'd put holes in my paper because I would be like, this line isn't exactly where I want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's an everyday struggle for me to go, this is good enough. Or at least I have my thought down. Mm-hmm. I can put this out there, and then if I want to come back to it and elaborate on it later, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, my experience with you know doing work for other people is... What I tend to do is I, I keep them updated on the whole process. I'm like, here's the sketch. Do you want anything changed at this point? No? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to move forward. Here are the, the flat colors. Anything changed at this point? <laughs> no? Okay. Or, you know, if they ask for changes, you make them. Um, but at that point, when you have somebody so involved in the artistic process, they're aware of what you're doing, and so you can hit a point and say, okay, I'm done and if they're happy with, like, if they seem happy with it throughout the whole process, then you can hit a point where you go, okay, I've put five hours into this. This is how much I've made hourly. Set an hourly rate for yourself. Sure, yeah. And go, okay, if I'm going to work on a piece for five hours, I want to make at least ten bucks an hour, so mm-hmm. fifty yeah. bucks. So um, what I find, and a lot of artists will kind of find out, is that adding quality to a piece is an exponential process. So if uh, every step you want to take it up a notch takes at least twice as long as the entire crafting process of it. And so you have to really find a sweet point, uh, a sweet spot between how much quality am I putting out versus how much can I actually produce. And so comics are, I mean, more so than like standalone art and pieces like that, the, the first thing that they have to do is they have to tell a story. Mm-hmm. So if you can't move fast enough to tell a story... Uh, then you're not actually making a comic. You're making a couple of, you know, nice, beautifully illustrations, illustrations mm-hmm. that fill out a page and a half before you get sick of it, right? <laughs> or yeah. before your art audience gets sick of it, <laughs> and they go along. And you know, you get faster as you go, mm-hmm. and you get you know better quality as you go, just you know improving your skills. But even a master knows that there's a certain point where it's going to take you way longer to bump up the quality. Um, than to just get a piece out. Sure. <laughs> what is it? Um, what is it about art? Like, what is it about making art that um, that calls to you guys? This creative work, this endeavor. Because I mean, I don't know if you've noticed the theme in this week's episode, but ain't nobody getting rich uh, <laughs> no, of no. what we're doing. No, but we're getting something else very real and very important to yeah. us out of it. Uh, therapy. Yeah. Art is wonderful therapy. 
Um, also frustrating. Extremely frustrating. If you like people paying attention to you, it can be wonderful and then and awful then terrible. Again. Yeah. <laughs> it's chronic. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's addictive. I mean, if you have to, you have to use your skills. You have to scratch the itch. You have to, you know, make something mm -hmm. after a while, or you'll go crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Like like I've always said, my favorite part of podcasting. And doing creative work in general is making something out of nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Right. There was nothing there, and now there is something there. You know. Yeah, and and I mean, like, it's that ever elusive. You have an idea in your head, and you haven't seen anybody else capture that idea. And whether or not you're going to do it justice, and I can mm. guarantee you, as an artist, you will never feel that you do it justice. Mm -hmm. um, it's putting the effort into at least making that attempt. And um, one thing I've found is anybody who creates anything is usually very critical of themselves. Um, artists are notoriously known for hating everything they put out. Right. Um, but I, I've actually seen a very short, like I think it's a two-panel comic of, of a person who is like, okay, here is my comic. And it looks like a cake. Let's let's just say it's a cake. Mm -hmm. And it's a kind of a shitty looking cake. Let's be honest. It's fallen apart. It's leaning. It's got, you know, crumbles all over it. And then here's person B's art, which is like this beautiful masterpiece of a cake. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, oh man, this is nowhere near as good as this other cake. You know, my art is not as good as this other person's. But to a non-artist who comes in and looks at it goes... I've got two pieces of cake. Mm -hmm. There's two cakes here. There's two amazing pieces of art with two vastly different styles, but that doesn't mean that they aren't comparable. Mm -hmm. Art is subjective. It depends on what people, you know, enjoy. Um, when I started doing commissions, I was like, there's no way. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to really pay me for this. And I've got wonderful commissioners out there who give me money all of the time and say, hey, draw this thing for me and I go okay right yeah. and, and and it's it's also a good way to connect with people because I have commissioners who go wouldn't it be kind of funny if we did something like this and then we back and forth and we build a relationship and a friendship based on look at these funny ideas you tell me about them I'll draw them mm -hmm. you know so um, artists are notoriously hard on themselves but it feels good to accomplish something and make somebody else think make somebody else smile make them feel anything yeah. Even if it's anger or hatred or so, if you evoke emotion of any sort, it's it's kind of a powerful feeling. Mm -hmm. So nobody else out there was really using the sound effect donk, right? <laughs> <laughs> and now it's trademark. It's yeah, trademark. Empathy Drive. Yeah, Empathy drive. yeah. Um, to that end, Mayor, um, you do have a Patreon. I do. Uh, Patreon. Patreon.com slash MareBear, M-E-R-E-B-E-A-R. So so go and support Mare. I would appreciate it. It would be wonderful. See, where is your stuff? Oh, well, you can find my current work at EmpathyDrive.com. You can also search for me on Topastic and leave me a tip through there if you'd like to. I'm not in this for the money, so I'm not... Uh, <laughs> putting any of that out because oh man would I be depressed if I was in it for the money <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah. mm -hmm. uh, and uh, as far as Panel Riot is concerned well 
you've already found it somehow, but I don't know how exactly you found it. So I'm just going to tell you all the different ways you can find it. You can find it at panelriot.com, and you can find all kinds of stuff there. Everybody's on Twitter. We're all on Twitter. We are all on Twitter. I'm That's on Twitter. True. I'm at DJ Lunchbox. Mayor, where are you at? I am at Mayor Bear Doodles. Mm-hmm. Zeke. At Tezik. Mm-hmm. Don't get it twisted. Uh, Stan's on there at Intern Stan. Petri Wine's on there at Petri Wine. Um, you know, hit us all up. Ask us questions. At, yes. You know, commission mayor for art. <laughs> Tell Zeke how much you love the webcomic. Get after it. Ellen is also on Twitter. What is her Twitter account? Uh, at Coyotitude. Coyotitude. C-O-Y-O-T-I-T-U-D-E. I think that's correct. I am pretty sure. Um... Yeah, you can uh, you can find Panel Riot just in browser. You want to listen to it in the browser, you'll find it at panelriot.com. We're also on iTunes. Of course we're on iTunes. Come on. Uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, please, please rate and review the show. That's how the magic happens. That's how we get promoted. That's how people find our stuff. Rate and review the show. Give us five stars. Do it. Uh, do it. Absolutely do it. It helps more than you know, and more than I know. Actually, because I uh, I don't know how Apple works. Um, <clears throat> uh, we're on Google Play Music. We're on uh, I don't know probably iHeartRadio. If you look, we're probably there. Um, another thing you can do on PanelRiot.com is become a Patreon supporter. That's right, folks. You can donate to the cause. To that end, I want to thank our lovely supporters: Ed Burke at Ed Burke thirty seven. Ellen Shergay at Coyotitude. Meredith Staten at Mayor Bear Doodles. Thank you, Mayor. You're welcome. The great at Sorgatron. TJ at T E E S Q U A R 3. That is just, it's so complicated. Just, it's T square. T- it's T square. But there's the three yeah. and two E's. And uh, and we have we have a new supporter, folks. We have a new supporter. Yay! Thank you so much, friend of the show, Corey Milbert, oh! our newest Patreon supporter. You can find him at CJ McThunder on Twitter uh, and tell him thank you, thank you, thank you for making Panel Riot possible. And I can say this now, including Corey, on a scale of one to ten, they are the best, folks. That's it. Thanks for listening this week, and remember. We are all in this together. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby and have ourselves some wine. Petri wine. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.